This is the Quiz Bowl Cast, Episode 12B. Cancel Bowl 7. Round 2 between Peter Moore's backup band and Wayne the Main Brain. <laughs> okay, we will get started. This bag is by Jack Brownstein. So if you don't like questions, feel free to slap them around the head. Closet number one. 1948's The Miracle of the Bells is about a dead actress whose only film role was as this woman. It was released the same year that Victor Fleming directed a flop about her starring Ingrid Bergman. Pauline Kael said that Renee Jean Falconetti's role as her in a, in a 1928 silent film may be the finest performance ever recorded, and Jean Seberg's first starting role was as this woman in a 1957 auto premature movie based on a play by George Bernard Shaw. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joan of Arc. That's correct. Ten points. Good job. Nice. nice. Academic knowledge. <laughs> Your bonus. Name these songs with French lyrics for ten points each. First, this okay. song originally hit for LaBelle in 1975. Uh, Took Marmalade. it to Frena Boulevard Couché, Becquois de from a streetcar named Desire. Lady Marmalade. Yeah. This song was originally planned to have Greek lyrics in the bridge, but the translator objected to the content, so Tina Weymouth wrote some short lines in French. The fa-fa-fa part of the chorus was also added as an homage to contemporary French rock. What? I don't know. Uh, What's the one that's like, look what they did to my song, maybe? Or Okay. I don't think so, but whatever. Hands, please. Look what they did to my song? Uh, it's Psycho Killer. Interesting. Uh, yeah. This Everly Brothers song about a trip to the drive-in movie supposedly popularized the phrase, ooh-la-la. Oh, it's... Oh, yeah. Wake Up Little Susie? I don't know, maybe. Wake Up Little Susie? Yes. All right. Good. (laughs) Toss number two. Statistically, their worst full season was 97-98 when they went 25-43-13 and in their only season under coach Pierre Paget. Some of their first-round draft picks include Alexei Smirnov and Chad... Hilger, who was sent with Oleg Tervatsky to the Jets for Mark Chenard and a right winger who would go on to win the Rocket Richard Trophy. In this team's first playoff appearance, they beat the Coyotes 4-3 before being swept by the Red Wings, and they were swept by the Red Wings again in the quarterfinals two years later. Some of their notable current and former players include Jean-Sebastien Giger, Paul, uh, yeah? Yeah, no. Oh, there you are, okay. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I got easy. Oh, quickly. Start. Start. I something easier, uh, a little harder. I know. <laughs> Jiggy's kind of the wrong guy to start with. All right. <laughs> Name these actresses with something in common for 10 points each. First, this woman, best known for her role in Family Ties, recently appeared on Arrested Development as the prostitute Nellie opposite her real-life brother. Oh, Justine Bateman. Yeah. Justine, yeah. yeah. In 2000, she did a racy spread in Gear Magazine in an attempt to get out of her contract as Mary Camden. Since leaving the show, she's been better known for film roles <laughs> yeah. such as in The Illusionist. Yeah. That's right. This actress played the love interest in Happy Gilmore before taking more serious television work, including Carol Bessie on Ed and Denise on Boston Legal. Answer, please. No. Uh, Julie Bowen, uh, 20 points. All dated Derek Jeter or something? No, JB. Justine Bateman oh. just revealed Julie Bowen. Oh. I guess. Oh. They may have, I don't know. It wasn't mentioned, though. <laughs> Toss-up number three. This person saying the country needs to be honest, changes need to be large, something like a big switch of gender, let's put a woman in charge in the new song, Hillary, though that track wasn't featured on the 2007 album Last of the Breed. The artist's song, Irma Jackson, about an interracial couple, was suppressed by the record company and eventually released by Tony Booth, and he sang about the 1973 recession in If We Make It Through December. The Grateful Dead frequently covered his song about the effect of his 15-year term in San Quentin on his mother, Mama Tri. For 10 points, say this country artist responsible for... Yep. Haggard. Yes, 10 points. Nice. 
your bonus. Name these players taken in the 1997 NBA Draft 5-5-10-10. Okay. For five with the first overall pick, the Spurs took this player who won win Rookie of the Year in 98 and MVP twice. Okay. Yes. Uh, for five, the Celtics took this point guard third but traded him to the Raptors during his first season. He recently re-signed with Detroit for another five years. Chauncey Phillips. Yep. For ten, this center out of Pittsburgh was drafted by the Sonics in 1997 but was cut before the regular season. He signed with the Celtics before the 2000 season and was traded to Minnesota in January of 2006. Uh, center, uh, if you're a Celtics man, you get this. Uh, Answer? How about Mark Blunt? That is Mark Blunt. <laughs> Taken 40th overall by the Sacramento Kings, this man is the lowest pick to have played continuously in the league since the draft. The first player ever taken out of the College of Charleston. He started last season with Dallas, but was traded to Atlanta for a second round draft choice. Um, like Anthony Johnson, maybe? Sure. Uh, Anthony uh, Johnson? That is correct. All right. Right. Uh, it's nice having somebody MVP. else. <laughs> Good job, Charles. Right. Test number four. Green berries appear in only one level of this game and add 20 seconds to the clock. Release Buzz, Super yeah. Mario World. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. It's in the that special level. zone. Yeah. Sure. Your bonus. Answer the following about Kevin Smith's Clerks for 10 points each. First, this is the main character of Clerks who gets his name from the film supposed Dante. basis in the Divine Comedy. He wasn't even supposed to be there Dante. that day. Yeah. Dante. Yeah. Dante has two love interests in the movie. One was his girlfriend from high school who cheated on him eight and a half times, oh, while the other was a low maintenance woman who brought him lasagna at work named either. Like Nicole, maybe? Okay. That sounds vaguely right. Nicole? No, Caitlin or Veronica. Caitlin or Veronica. My love for you is like a truck is one line from this metal song sang by Silent Bob's Russian cousin Olaf, named for its one word refrain. Fuck. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, sure. Berserker. Alright. Toss at number five. He was once unable to enter a jewelry store because he gave a homeless man some chicken larange and was, he was blamed for a typo in an in-law's obituary. While on his deathbed, he explained that he couldn't have lost a Sopranos DVD case and he has a system which leads him to get into an argument in heaven with his guardian played by Dustin Hoffman. The part owner of a restaurant with a chef with Tourette's syndrome, he made his Broadway debut opposite David Schwimmer in The Producers. Yeah. Larry David? Yes, 10 points. Nice. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah, it is. Your bonus. Uh, according to Carl Banks and Don Rosa, he first struck it rich during the Klondike Gold Rush in the 1890s, where he had a relationship with Goldie O'Gilt. For 10 points, he's first in this comic book character who keeps three cubic acres of money in his yeah, money right, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, Scrooge frequently had to deal with this criminal gang trying to steal his money, the such as in only a yeah. poor Beagle old man. Beagle, Beagle Boys. Boys. Yeah. Uh, Carl Banks introduced this villain into, in his story, The Second Richest uh, Dog. In yeah. the comics, he's from South yeah, Africa. Okay. On TV, he becomes what is that? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like right, yeah. 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 You're next, also. The voice of the goofy ball in the eponymous news radio episode. This person wrote these scripts for heavyweights and Celtic pride. In 2002, Harper's published an angry email exchange between him and Mark Brazil, who accused him of stealing an idea for a Ben Stiller show skit, and he unsuccessfully sued the Writers Guild to be credited for The Cable Guy. Frequently working with Jason Siegel, his wife Leslie Mann, and Seth Rogen. Pretend, uh, yeah. Avatar. Yes, Jedi. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. 
A lot of Celtic content. Yeah. It's not a Rihanna song, but it describes love forming underneath an umbrella for 10 points each person. Bus stop. Name this 1966 single with a speaker notes that every morning I would see you writing. Thank you. Bus stop was the first U.S. top 10 single. The Hollies also released this song inspired by Creedence Clearwater Revival about a shootout in a bar as well as a five nine beauty, a five nine beauty who had it all. Green Clearwater Revival uh, song. Bad Moon Rising. I don't know. Suzy Q. Long Cool Woman. Uh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's the other Holly song you only ever. Castle number seven. The owner of a Coca-Cola bottling plant in Philadelphia, a legal injunction kept him from playing with Atlanta in 1972. He finished second to artist Gilmore in Rookie of the Year voting while playing alongside Charlie Scott, and two years later he moved to a new team and immediately won a championship over the Utah Stars. An all-star every season he played professionally, he holds the ABA record for points per game. He's noted for his spectacular dunks and in the 1980 NBA Finals... Yeah. Irving? Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Logical. Your bonus. these television shows set in Chicago for 10 points each. First, produced by MTM Enterprises, this series focused on a Chicago psychologist and his wife Emily, played by Suzanne Plachette. The supporting new cast art? notably featured by Carol Kester. I think it's just the new heart. It's a Bob Newhart Though originally conceived as a working-class version of The Cosby Show, this ABC sitcom changed direction with the introduction of a cheese-loving neighbor known for his catchphrase. Family Matters. Family yeah. Matters. Family Matters. Yeah. Yeah. The short-lived short American version of this series was set in Chicago. Lindsay Price, who played Jane, sang the theme song, Perhaps, Perhaps, Perhaps. And like coupling. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, coupling. That's correct. Wow, nice. I've never even heard of that. Oh, 20. Yeah. <laughs> According to the pilot, one of the title characters writes with a village voice, but this was soon changed to the fictitious Soho News, for whom she did an expose on the CEO of Frozen Cow, and still later an in-flight magazine. The supporting cast included Nadia Dejani as Amanda, who in the second season opened a muffin shop with her husband Rico, played by a pre-Alan McBeal Greg German, or German. As the opening narration explains, the two characters found each other because one needed a promotion and the other needed an apartment. Pretend, uh, yeah. Perfect Strangers, minus five. For ten points in the sitcom about a marriage of convenience starring Deborah Messing and Thomas Hayden Church. And Stacy. Yes. Okay. I was about to nick with Perfect Strangers too, but... <laughs> Name these players from the 1963 LA Dodgers for 10 points each. First, this Southpaw won both the Cy Young and the MVP in 1963, as well as World Series MVP after allowing only three runs in his two complete games pitched. Koufax? Okay. Yeah, Koufax. Yes. This left, this left fielder led the National League in batting average that year. After leaving the Dodgers in 1967, he was part of the trade that brought Al Weiss and Tommy Agee to the Mets and played for the Seattle Pilots during their one season in the league. Hodges. It's Tommy Davis. This man had a career batting average of one, getting one hit in eight games with the Dodgers before being drafted. He's the only person to play a game in the majors and also serve in Vietnam. What? <laughs> he hit one yeah. hit yeah. in, in the major up. leagues? Yeah. Come on, how do you not know <laughs> Smith? Roy Gleason. Okay. A household name. Oh, yeah. In his household. Uh, <laughs> wow. Two pens, Mr. Toss number nine. 
Mike Donovan claimed to have witnessed a violation of it on Titan, while Cal decided it shouldn't stop him from becoming a writer, and Gregory Powell invoked it to save Speedy on Mercury. Several nesters on Hyperbase lacked its second claws, and a Solarian tried to develop intelligent battleships that could circumvent it. R. Giscard Reventlov and R. Daniil Olova developed a statement that supersedes it, applying to humanity as a... Yep, three laws. Uh, minus five. Uh, humanity as a whole. For ten points, in this first of three statements by Isaac Asimov that says no robot, robot can harm a human or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. The first law of robotics? Yes. I was thinking prime directive. Yeah, I was thinking prime directive for a while. Then. Your bonus. The lead characters in this film are Freemasons, which ends up saving Daniel Javad's life when his Masonic pendant supports his claim to be the returned son of the god Sikander. For ten points each, first in this adventure film directed by John Huston. Um, this is the it's the man who would be king. Okay. Kipling. Okay. Man who would be king. Yes. This man played Daniel Dravot in 1988. He won an Oscar for his role in The Untouchables. Connery. Yeah. Christopher Plummer was third build in the film as this character who gave Dravot the Masonic pendant. Okay, so let's think about British history in the 19th century, <laughs> shall we? Disraeli. Okay, so, um, um, Brown. Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling. Uh, okay. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Toss number 10. This song's speaker mentions that he'd be one nocturnal son of a gun if he had to choose between... Uh, Cuban's chokehold. Yeah, oh, probably metal. No, it's like copy alternate. Bonus. Uh, you probably haven't heard of former Miles Standish Hall RA Mark Rosewater, but you probably know some of the stuff he's done. For 10 points each for his Rosewater, it's currently the head designer for this Wizard of the Coast game created by Richard Garfield, who was one of the driving forces behind the recent Time Spiral block. Do we have one? No. Yeah, we have one. Answer? Let me play. Do you know this? It's not magic, right? I would. No. Uh, it's not magic. Uh, magic. No, we won't take it. No? No. no. It was magic. You are. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. So, what are the answers for that then? It was magic, then the duelist, um, it was a column in some magazine, and then. He wrote for Roseanne, apparently. All right, name the rappers responsible for these 1992 albums for 10 points each. First, this former member of NWA released the blockbuster album The Chronic, which included the very successful single Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre. Thank you. <laughs> this group's Check Your Head spawned the moderately successful single So What You Want. They followed it two years later with Ill Communication. Yeah. Frequently, uh, sorry, frequently featured as a guest on Public Enemy Tracks, she released the album 360 Degrees of Power, but is better remembered for being harshly criticized by Bill Clinton during his presidential campaign. Sister Soldier. I know, I honestly thought, I remember that. Vaguely. All right. So that's yeah. I'm all over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I all right. So it's a half. I got two twenty to fifteen. Okay. Okay. Is anyone else keeping score? I have two forty, but I okay. am okay. keeping score in a really haphazard Sorry. way. So I'm probably wrong. <laughs> do, you want, do, you, do you want to figure it out? No. Uh, no. Okay. We'll just say it's two twenty. Fair enough. All right. We'll continue on then. Uh, all right. That's okay. And we are on toss-up 11. 
This film's title character and the narrator meet after one's biology grade is slipping and the other phoned a bomb threat into her father, a news station producer. Opening with the title character on a rope swing, her real name is never revealed, with her nickname deriving from her tattoo. Her troublemaking starts when she claims that Daryl ruined her $150 boots and arranges for Sylvie's Head Start tutoring session to overlap with her father's party and leads to her murdering Georgie and trying to take her place in the family. Uh, followed by sequels. Poison Ivy. Yes, Poison Ivy. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. I like that movie. Your bonus. Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip was kind of bad. That's all. Kind of. But it had the best cast on television. Right, I watched 5, it. 10, 20, 30. For 5, this man played writer Matt Albee, though he'll be forever remembered as Chandler. Matthew Perry. Perry. Matthew Perry, yeah. Perry. This Wings veteran for 5. Uh, this Wings veteran was great as NBS chairman Jack Rudolph. He was also critically yeah, praised for his work Weber. as Jack Torrance okay. in the television version of The Shining. Steven Weber. Yeah. Um, actor Tom Jeter was played by this Daily Show alumnus, not to be confused with his older brother, like a different Daily Nate Show Cordry, alumnus. Yeah. Nate Cordry. Yes. This actor plays Dylan Killington, an actor with a small role in the show within a show. He's better known for his commercial work, including playing a trainee opposite David Spade in many Capital One ads. So this is, um, what's that guy's name? The, oh, the fat you, guy. Are you kidding? <laughs> they want it's, it's, it, it starts with a C. It's like Cochran. No, Nate Torrance. Nate Torrance. I never would have Well, maybe I was I, I would have known that yeah. two years ago. 20 points of the bonus. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Could him and that guy who had the one hit they could live together. Alright. <laughs> Toss at number twelve. At Weir High School, he played defensive back and wide receiver on a state title winning football team, but he switched to his current sport in college. Starting with the Auburn Double Days in 1997, his only career home run came on August 9, 2006, as part of a 14-1 route of Pittsburgh, and that year he led the majors with 20 sacrifice hits. He's never won a Cy Young, but he's finished in the top five in voting every year he's been in the league except for his injury-prone 2003 season, and he's made three consecutive All-Star Game appearances, this year replacing an injured John Smoltz. The 2000 Yep. Oswald. Oswald. Your bonus. Sports. Name these NFL statistical leaders from last season for 10 points each. First, this Super Bowl 41 MVP had a league-high passer rating of 101.0. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This Miami University of Ohio alumnus threw 23 interceptions last year, up from 9 in 2005, including two in a Monday Night Football game against Jacksonville. <laughs> Roethlisberger. Yeah. Though Chad Johnson the most receiving yards, this Texan led the league with 106 receptions. Texan? Like as like, in a Houston Texan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's on that team? Carr's a quarterback. Uh, mm. Carr isn't their quarterback yeah. no more. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. No, I was going against Johnson. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm a big name. Toss-up 13. The original British printing of this album came bundled with the single Stranger in the House, and less known songs from it include Hand in Hand and Little Triggers. The album's title doesn't appear anywhere in the lyrics, but one similar phrase names a track about a woman whose picture can be seen in a thousand places, and another precedes the line, They call her Natasha when she looks like Elsie, in a song that notes, Oh no, it does not move me, even though I've seen the movie. The artist's second studio album, and first with backing band The Attractions, its closing track was famously performed without approval on Saturday. Night Live. For 10 points, news Elvis Costello album featuring Pump It Up, I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea, and Radio Radio. Yep. Uh, my Aim is True? Nope. Let's keep over here. No, because that actually appears. And that's time. It's this year's model. That's right. Okay. Toss up number 14. Um, One false claimant to this title was poet Akoram Lan. 
Tracor prophesied that this figure would use a sword of stars shortly after three vipers returned to their nest in the sky. He is responsible for beginning the reckoning after uncovering the lost city of Bahala, and he will destroy the book of Kos Amajan, sealing the Pahrates in the fire caves. Uh, for 10 points in this figure from Bajoran mythology, we'll discover the celestial temple of the prophets, revealed to be Benjamin Sisko on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yep. Q. Nope, no penalty over here. In time, it's the emissary. Emissary, yes. Mm. Wow. I could call it Cisco because it's number 15. Okay. This June, CandyAddict.com debunked the persistent rumor that this product is meant to be consumed with its wrapper. The sponsor of various expired Counter-Strike... Yeah? Dried gum? Uh, minus one. Expire Counter-Strike Source Tournaments, its product placement was the subject of a recent episode of The Loop. In one commercial for it, a company representative is berated by an Asian convenience store owner after sales dropped precipitously on Tuesday, and in another, the marketing team's failure to listen to brand accounting causes the factory to shut down. Advertised with the line, good for you, bad for us, for 10 points, named this ridiculously long-lasting gum. Juicy fruit. Stry. Man, I saw the commercial last night. Man. You have to try. Right. You just need the wrong way. Toss number 16. This song mentions that memories are playing like a film without sound and asks, will the past be a shadow that will follow us round? It discusses Brainy Bobby, who wants to be a stockbroker, and Heather, who wants a job that doesn't interfere with her tan, and wonders if the jokes will still be funny after they get the big jobs and make the big money. Sampling Pachelbel's canon in uh, in the U.S., it peaked at number 38 in the Billboard Hot 100, less successful than its artist's previous smile. Buzz. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I... Vitamin C song, it's graduration. Yes. Yeah, I was Good saying job. that, I'm like, I know graduation has Pachelbel's canon in it, but so I saw that ever. on YouTube. Yeah, I saw that video. That video is awesome. He probably just beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just no, he no, he buzzed too. Yeah. yeah. Toss-up number, uh, bonus, I mean, here we go. In 1996, he became the first man to accept a Razzie in person, being so honored for his worst work on Showgirls. For 10 points each, first in is Esther director, Haas. who also helmed okay. Basic Instinct and Total Recall. Okay, Mr. Haas. Paul Verhoeven. Oh, Verhoeven's first success in this country came with this 1987 film set in Old Detroit, starring Peter Weller. In the end, the Robocop. title character throws yeah. Dick Jones out of a window at the okay. OCP. Robocop? Yep. Verhoeven's last American film was this 2000 effort featuring Kevin Bacon. Um, like uh, Hollow, Hollow Man? Man yeah. Something like that. Man. Hollow Man? Yeah. Cool. Oh, what a bad movie. Uh, it's like so what a bad movie. Toss of 17. While with WNBC-TV in New York, this man was the first person on NBC to announce that President Kennedy had been shot, and he's the last person in his position to still be working, following Fred Facey's death and Howard Riggs' retirement. His music work includes appearing on the Illinois Enema Bandit, Punky's Whips, and a live version of I'm the Slime by Frank Zappa and Weird Al Yankovic's I Lost on Jeopardy. He worked on game shows including Three in a Match and the original Price... Where is it? I can't see the line. Yeah. Um, minus five. And the original price is right, and he's had his current gig for over 30 years, though due to health problems, he's occasionally been replaced by an uncredited Daryl Hammond. For 10 points, name this longtime voice of Saturday Night Live. Pardo. Pardo. Nice. That's right. Your bonus. 
Answer the following about the Gaia hypothesis in popular culture for 10 points each. First, a recent episode of this series referenced the Gaia hypothesis by showing the lice on Clyde's head become aware that their South planet Park. is a living organism. Okay, okay. South Park. Yes. This RPG calls its world Gaia, and the plot concerns the attempt to harvest the life stream of the planet's life force. Characters include Mr. Strife and Mr. Highwind. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. Yep. This Marvel Comics entity, at one point home to the Wanderers, was accidentally driven insane by a regalian. It frequently fought Thor and Galactus, who eventually attached a massive engine to it. Let's see. Uh, so it's some entity from Marvel. Uh, it's like the. It sounds like the. Like something like Norse. Antiblaze, sure. Like uh, North Star. Ego, the living plant. Never mind. Uh, okay. Twenty points. I vaguely recall. Excuse me, double that. Is it the one like that? All right, toss number 18. One character described as a uranium smuggler and Black Dahlia suspect pitches a movie starring Alan Land as a rookie shortstop, and he works on a story inspired by Dark Windows with a woman who is engaged to Artie Green, while a script about... Um, so this is Sunset Boulevard. Yes. That's how that works, doesn't it? <laughs> Your bonus. The lead voice actor for this series is involved with Pistols for Pandas and released an important rap song urging children not to play with too many knives. For 10 points each, first in this animated yeah. program whose tagline is Buy All Our Playsets and Toys. Oh, no, Wait, no, it's uh, G Commandos. G Commandos. G Commandos. Yeah. The aforementioned crack stuntman voices this leader of the Cheat Commandos who occasionally brandishes a semi automatic pistol. His catchphrase is Rock, Rock On. <laughs> Fight car, gunhammer. The cheat commandos are found on this flash-based website, also the home of Stormbad Star emails. Yeah, I'm sorry, Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, dot net. It's dot com. It's dot net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, nineteen. Before getting a major label contract, this person released a critically acclaimed album with the band Blue Angel. Recent albums include the Japan-only Shine, the standard collection At Last, and 1996's Sister of Sisters of Avalon, while some of her soundtrack contributions are Hold My Heart from Vibes, The Goonies Are Good Enough, and the Pee-wee's Playhouse theme. A Friend of Captain Lou Albano, a cover of What's Going On, and Change of Heart were successful singles from her second album, which was unable to top the success of She's So Unusual. Yep, Cindy Lauper. Oh, yes, I knew that. Good job. Your bonus. Uh, this song was inspired by a sci-fi short story about an opera singer in a world without sound, and it describes listening to music as a child in 1952. For 10 points each, first name the song covered by the President of the United States for the Wedding Singer Video soundtrack. Killed the radio star. Sure. Video yeah. Killed the Radio Star. Yep. Video Killed the Radio Star was Buggles, a hit for this band. Buggles. Who's Buggles. Buggles. Yeah. The Buggles also featured this keyboardist better known, for now, better known now for composing music for films including Rain Man, Pearl Harbor, and the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. It's like, uh, what's his name, like Bart Clouser? Sure. Clouser. Hans Zimmer. Oh, Hans, the Zimmer. Other Hans Zimmer. Clouser oh, did the first one, but Zimmer did the other two. Oh. Crazy. Uh, crazy. And toss up the last. This character was intended to be killed in his second appearance, but Whitney Ellsworth's intervention saved him, while in 1978 he tried to copyright Fish. When he believed that he had a fatal brain tumor, he infected the residents of The Slab with his namesake Venom, while in a 2000 storyline he took 99.9% of Mr. Mixelplex's power and remade the universe with himself as Emperor. In an attempt to prove that anyone could go mad after one bad day, he shot Barbara Gordon, paralyzing her, and he was also responsible for killing Jason Todd. Oh, yeah. The Joker. Yes. The Joker better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Name these performers from Tootsie for 10 points each. First, this acclaimed actor played the title role of Michael Dorsey slash Dorothy Michaels. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this actress's first role was a poorly reviewed turn 1976 King Kong remake. Jessica Lange. But she won an Oscar yeah. for a role in Tootsie. Jessica Lange. Yep. This woman made her film debut as soap opera actress April Page in Tootsie. Like Terry Gar? Okay. Mm-hmm. Terry Gar. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Ah. 20 points. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do Final score, Peter Moore's backup band, 430, Wayne the Main Brain, 40.